0: And on The Huddle today, Jack Tane, Q&A host and host of Saturday mornings here on News Talks here, B and Ben Thomas, a, a PR person and former National Party press secretary. Gentlemen, good evening. Kilda, Who wants first Afternoon. crack at that one? Ben Thomas, I think.
1: Yeah, look, well, you, when you control for everything else, smoking, drinking, even income, even class, you know, middle class versus working class, obviously. Um, on average a Māori man or a Māori woman has a lower lifespan uh, than a comparable Pākehā person. Um, you know, there's all sorts of reasons for it but you know this, this, this is actually it, it's a race thing it's not purely a class thing or purely an income thing. Um, that, that's why you know hopefully the Māori Health Authority will start you know will start looking at that because you know ultimately you know as you were saying you know, it doesn't matter when you get super. What's really important is that missing eight years. You know, nothing nothing can pay for that. Yeah. Um, look, there, there's lots of inequalities in superannuation. I have a lot of sympathy for for this approach. Uh, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for people who say that. Uh, you know, the, the, the superannuation should cut in higher for people who work in offices their whole lives. You know, if you if you're working in a factory, if you're a trader, your body's going to be breaking down in your early 60s. You won't be able to go out and do any work anymore. If you're a and also at Wellington yeah okay, okay the hearing inquiries forever but we you already know, but I... have
0: we already have sickness benefit and health benefits and all sorts of benefits that are actually cater for that I'll put this over to Jack Tame because we're running out of a bit of a time can I just say my father died at the age of 58 after being a hard-working taxpayer the whole time and never had any benefit from the super but anyway Jack hello
2: yeah, I'm sorry, Andrew. That that's it's that's all right, sad. it's a quarter um, of a century ago. Well well still as I said. None of that's very sad. Uh yeah, I just agree with being, I just agree with uh, everything that Ben just said, really. I you know, I, I don't see this happening. I don't think it's a realistic proposal any time soon. And um, you know, and, and like you I I hope that the Māori Health Authority is able to make some inroads um you know, it, it, or some interventions earlier on rather than having an ambulance at the bottom of the cliff kind of solution like uh, shifting super would be, especially shifting super and having a difference of eight years, I think would cause all sorts of um, very ugly divisions in New Zealand. So I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but I think there's a good argument to make that the current system is unjust.
0: All right, and I thank you, and we'll be back very shortly. Can I just say there is a text that says, Men die earlier than women should they get the super earlier. Damn right, I am so for that. Yes, oh, men getting the super earlier than women because we die younger. My female producer has just informed me we just did an interview about KiwiSaver, uh, of course, and women get 20% less KiwiSaver than men. So she says, no, you can take that idea that you had and stick it somewhere where the sun don't shine. We're moving on. It is 12 minutes to six. And we say farewell to Ashley Bloomfield and your thoughts about Dr. Ashley and his four-year career, Jack, but also the last two and a half years, which have been extraordinary.
2: Yes, Andrew, I did wonder for a moment there, heading into the air break, if you've been listening to your own show. Yes. But, um, I'm glad that your producer was. No, look, I, you know, I think Ashley Bloomfield has had an unenviable job over the last couple of years. I think for the most part, he's done pretty well. I felt uncomfortable at times with the deification of a public servant. I felt uncomfortable about how close some of those public servants have appeared to be to elected officials. Um, and sometimes some of the information provided in those press conferences has been less than reliable. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think uh, a large part of the response over the last couple of years has been to try and reassure the public and, and encourage them to have faith in um, science and in our institutions, and I think Ashley Bloomfield's done a very good job on that. So, um, you know, the numbers don't lie uh new zealand hasn't had a perfect COVID response but compared to so many comparable countries we've had far fewer deaths and i think ashley bloomfield will um, notch that up as you know, a big success.
0: I yeah exactly right yes ben he got politicized he got politicized because he turned up in the on the podium but at the same time that was a good thing because whoever believes a politician but you do believe a doctor
1: Yeah, I think that's right, and he had a a difficult tightrope to walk, one that I think was made more and more difficult as the beehive sort of drew him closer and closer and is basically part of their sort of, um, you know, initially communications, which is... Yeah, an absolutely fine role for a chief executive of the government department to do, to explain government policy, um, to explain the facts about COVID. Um got uncomfortably close, I think, to using him to explain political decisions. The uh, Still a few times. Uh, I, I, I hope it's another pathway going down. We are seeing that ministers more and more now are trying to sort of make things operational matters that the, the mm. bureaucrats sort of hung out to dry for that really are political decisions. Um, and, and poor old, poor old St Ashley, I think, uh, was sort of forcing you know, government to kind of lead the way on that. Yeah. But, but look, he'll, he, he'll leave. His digest polls for most trusted New Zealanders. Um, and and I, don't, I think in terms of his personal legacy, well, he'll feel more than happy.
0: So here's a question for you guys. So he's worked 24-7. I mean, take a look at the pictures of Dr. Ashley Bloomfield at the beginning of this and take a look at the pictures of him now. Listen to the voice as well. I mean, he and he admitted, he's completely and utterly buggered. And he's given his all to all of this. Sometimes he's been great. Sometimes he hasn't. But here's the thing. Should he be knighted, Jack?
2: (laughs) Um yeah why not I mean <laughs> yeah I, I mean yeah I, you know I'm well so I'm to be honest I'm usually I usually prickle a little bit at like people being celebrated for doing their jobs you know like mm. he's a he's a public servant paid half a million dollars a year it's a position of massive responsibility especially especially in the middle of a global pandemic but I, I don't want to be the guy who denies Ashley Plumfield <laughs> uh, sure. a, a <laughs> uh,
0: what about you Ben because because honestly uh, this, this will be carry all open with this at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. You know, how was he and should he get a knighthood?
1: Yeah, yeah. look, I I agree with Jack on this. I'm actually not in favour of public servants getting knighthoods. I I think that the honour system should by and large be reserved for sort of kindly old people who go out on the weekends and pick up rubbish and protect bird species or whatever. (laughs) Um, and I, I, I think that your compensation for being a highly, uh, uh, public servant is, as Jack said, half a million dollars a year. And I'm sure he'll pick up a uh. swag of medals at Peter, Peter Hughes' public service ceremony.
0: OK, we have a research emergency on our, on our plates right now. Could you find out the names of every single public servant who has been knighted in this country? Uh, you have. Yeah, yes, you. Now, go. All the West. Thank you so much, Ben Thomas and also Jack Tame here on News Talk ZB.